Welcome to the Disaster Tough Podcast, where we talk about emergency management by emergency managers. We share stories, lessons, and tips to help keep you moving forward. I am John Scardina, the host. I share my experience as a former federal emergency response official who's responded to some of the most extreme disasters over the past decade. I now lead a private emergency management firm called Doberman Emergency Management that focuses on emergency planning, mitigation, and response. As disaster responders, we find and endorse those products that we know will help you out in the field. If you fight wildfires, hurricanes, a pandemic, any disaster in the field, at a hospital or command center, listen up. You're missing out if you do not use L3 Harris for your radio comms. They are secure, portable, mobile, and scalable, which is great news for us in the field. A truly disaster-tough radio system. Check out the XL family of radios by clicking on the show notes or simply go to l3harris.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. Man, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Black Friday. It's Friday. Um, man, the uh, the world of 2020 is uh, definitely upon us. There's so many things happening in the world, so we can talk about some of those things. But before we do any of that, we want to say thank you. This is our thank you to you guys. And hopefully... You can get involved with us uh, with um, what we're doing here. DobermanEMG.com forward slash gear. You can check out the Disaster Tough shirts, the hoodies, the the mug, the stickers. You can check out the family emergency plan, that de- digital download that we made. You can check out that hazard vulnerability assessment that we do. We throw in all that data there, the GIS data and we have our team look at it and uh, provide those assessments. So anything on our website right now that's for sale, or that that is for sale, because uh, we are now offering, as of tomorrow morning, uh, just uh, several hours from now, we'll be posting this promo code for you guys. The promo code is stay tough. It's one word. Stay tough. Uh, if you so you go on to dobermanemg.com forward slash gear, check out what you want. We have lots of different options there. You've probably seen me wear it in some of the videos. If you've been watching this podcast or you've been checking out the Instagram page, Doberman, Doberman EMG or Disaster Tough Podcast Instagram, you'll see me in these shirts. So if you want to support us and, uh, you want to get a shirt, then we want to say thank you. So you have 50% discount. Stay tough is the, again, the code. So check that out. We'll also put that on the Instagram page tomorrow. Um, so you guys can use it. In fact, we'll be doing that. The reason why we wait till Saturday is because we're a small business. So we're doing small business Saturday following with, you know, cyber Monday. So we're actually just going to extend it out from tomorrow all the way uh, through the end of the year. So 15% off, stay tough, check it out. All right, so let's talk about uh, the episode today because there's a lot happening in the world. Uh, there was an active shooter tonight in Sacramento. Real bummer. Uh, not the way I wanted to start off the podcast. Um, so I'll send the condolences out to all those in- involved and in, in hurt and affected. 
but um, I want us to back up. We've been kind of focusing on this idea lately of af- after action reports, looking at the past, how we can improve for the future. And it being the week of Thanksgiving, I want us to back up 400 years to our pilgrim ancestors here in the U.S. Uh, in 1820, they were called the Pilgrim Fathers. That They discovered that. So from 1820 on, they were called the Pilgrim Fathers or the Pilgrims based off of William Bradford's journal that they found six from 1620. Uh, 1657 is when he passed away. So let's talk about that a little bit. We're going to be talking about lessons learned. And there's going to be uh, a few themes here. I'm going to give you a big hint. Okay. It's about unity. It's about gratitude. Now I'm setting that stage because I want you to know some of the background, especially if you're not part of the U.S., if it's not part of your history. The Pilgrims were a group of individuals in England that wanted to form their own congregation and they wanted to leave the church of England. And when they did that, that made them by definition separatists at the time and fearing religious persecution, they left England and they found refuge in Holland for about a decade. And the desire to get along with people and not to make, you know, major heads turn or, or to, to, to ruffle any feathers, they started integrating actually really, really well. That's kind of what um, they did. And we'll, we'll, learn, we'll learn more about that later. But um, by default, their kids started to pull away from some of those religious beliefs and be integrated more and more with the culture and the language and everything else. And so to, to keep what they their belief system intact and, um, you know, to not be persecuted they again felt like they had to leave and they did two things. They contacted or they, they'd use their friendship that they developed with a man named miles. Uh, ah, shoot. I got to think of it for a second. Uh, so embarrassing. Miles Standish. That's what it is. Miles Standish, who was a captain in the queen's army. Uh, interestingly enough, those records were lost around 1920 but um, by all accounts, they believe that he was part of the, the, the military group there in um, the England. And um, they met him in Holland, and they asked him to protect them um, from, uh, from all threats. That included the Spanish. That included uh, from Native Americans when they were going to get to the New World. They wanted him to protect them. And he said, okay. So the other thing that they did was they contacted merchants and they got merchants to fund the voyage with the premise that they would land in Virginia um, around the Hudson River and they would start um, a trade route essentially between the New World, which is modern day U.S., and um, their European friends over there. So that was the idea. Um, They had two boats. One boat had to turn around because it wasn't seaworthy. So it was the Mayflower that made it all the way. And they were just riddled with issues, bad weather and everything else. It was, uh, ended up being a hundred people. I believe the pilgrims were 35 members of those hundred people. There was merchants, there was military personnel, there were, um, tradesmen, there was craftsmen, uh, all kinds of different people. 
kind of getting off uh, digression there, but um, so they get to the New World, and if you know the story, uh, they didn't land in Virginia; they landed in like Cape Cod, uh, Plymouth. It was New England. It was cold. It was in November, and they were now talking about mutiny. The Pilgrims, William Bradford, uh, who was one of the religious leaders, he wrote in his journal that there were talks of mutiny and lots of speeches given about contracts being broken. They wanted to void the contract, essentially, because they didn't land in uh, Virginia. And they had no lifelines. Okay, so this is, this is now a dire situation. You have no lifeline. You're in a place you don't know or recognize. You don't know the people, obviously. They don't speak your language. Um, they could be hostile. Um, there is no shelter, and food is scarce. And by the way, it's, again, winter, right? Um, that is a scary situation to be, a, be in, and now you're having talks of mutiny. And so they did the smartest thing you could ever do, which is kind of the, the theme of today. They became emergency managers right? The smartest thing that they could have ever done on November 11th, 18, uh, 1620, they formed the Mayflower Compact. Now, apparently that's not the original name, but that's the name we go by now. The Mayflower Compact set up simple rules. It set up their own laws. It was a really short document. It said they were going to still be loyal to the crown that they needed to work together, that they needed to make decisions together, and um, that they were going to have a colony. It was not going to be a every man for himself or every family for themselves. They had to work together in order to survive. And that is the message. Okay, so lesson number one, you have to work together in order to survive. Okay, despite all of this, um, they still lost 50%. That winter, 50 people died. Could you imagine losing 50% of our population right now? I mean, think about that. You have no lifelines. 50% of the people die that first winter. Really, really dire stuff. But um, in any case, they, they said, we're going to work together. That happened on November 11th. And then they started doing um, these exploration trips where they wanted to figure out the, the area around them, what tribes were there, the Native American tribes, the landscape, and our military leader, Miles Standish, became essentially an emergency manager. So you had the emergency management side, and now uh, following this, this dual, this dual uh, lesson learned theme that they're doing here, um, they created a political wing. And uh, they created a governor, and William Bradford became the governor. And they started collaborating. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself because when they came up with that Mayflower Compact, 41 men, of course the women at the time in the time period uh, didn't get to sign, but 41 men signed that document saying, we're going to put differences aside. Again, they were talking about mutiny. They were, I mean, mutiny is a big deal. And... Uh, they had different religious beliefs and the different backgrounds and all these things were happening, extreme frustrations. And they came together and said, 
But all that aside, we need to survive. So that's what they did. 41 men signed it. Two of them were slaves. Um, so they bounced back and forth between the ship, found where they wanted to, to build their sediment. Uh, Miles Standish started doing all these things that an emergency manager should do. He found the location. He built camps. He made relationships with the Native Americans. He uh, eventually, years later, uh, would create um, the, the negotiations between the Europeans and um, those in the colony to create trade routes. Okay, So his mission went from just life-saving to you know law enforcement, essentially, to life-saving, life-sustaining, getting the resources. And... Um, so that, that's another, you know, major lesson learned. Um, if you want to survive, if you want to do things right, you have to work together. These people were going through the worst of it. Harder than we're going through it, quite frankly. Harder than we are going through it in 1620. And they found a way to work together. I know... I mean, I, I know there's just a lot of hate in the world right now, and it's brought up all the time on that 24-hour news cycle. But there are things that pull us together. And quite frankly, if we want to survive, survive as a culture, survive as a human race, survive as, survive as a country, survive the pandemic, survive all these different things, it's time to, to kind of lower the hatchet a little bit. And I think that's a good message for Thanksgiving, quite frankly. And emergency managers can, sp- can play that role. And um, we should play that role, right? So they started doing all these things. And in the midst of all of this, actually I should back up even more, around 1614, John Smith, whose name is uh, fairly well known in popular culture, he went and they... They were, their mission was to enslave the Native Americans in modern-day Rhode Island. They killed a bunch of people, and they tried to enslave them. Now, we don't really know why this is important for context. Just follow me here for a second. But a Native American named Squanto was uh, sent to England. And I, the reason why I said that we don't know why is we didn't know why he didn't become a slave. That's great news, um, but he did it, and uh, he learned English, and instead of having all that rage he already had, he went back to the, uh, to uh, his native country, right, to find his tribe, and again, major blow, he found that because the Europeans have been there, they introduced the plague and pretty much decimated his tribe. I don't know how you would react to that. I know my feelings on that. They would not be happy feelings. We'll just say that. But that that Native American, that great man, did something that I would say that emergency managers would have to do in order to help people survive is instead of channeling that rage towards more rage, he ended up working with and helping the colonists which is just crazy to think about. But in around April 1621, so they've been there four or five months now, he met them and 
uh, he started helping them. He taught them where to um, hunt and fish and find beaver and how to plant corn and all these things. And, um, you know, we have this group now of collaborators that are all in survival mode with different cultures, different backgrounds, different religious beliefs. You know, um, think about that now. Think about all the ways that we could be divided. And yet, are we doing what they did? Of course, decades later, things broke down between relations between the Native Americans and the colonists. And um, that's a completely different story. Um, it's an unfortunate story. But in, in, in the beginning, there was this idea that we needed to work together. And we can and we should, in terms of an after action, do that now. Um, so lesson learned on that scale is work with people. And now we've I've kind of already touched on that a little bit, but um, you're dealing with that now as an emergency manager. I have friends. I have colleagues. I know different people in, in the field who are all over the place on the pandemic. They're taking it super seriously. They see the data. They understand how it works. And then there's like this, I don't know, sense of rebellionism, um, which is like, oh, no, no way. Like, I can't see it, and I don't understand data, and they're, they're, I'll be fine, so I'm okay. And so you have this huge spectrum, and it's creating a divide. And politics has obviously created a huge divide in the U.S. and, and the world, really. I mean, I mean, this is, this is nuts right now. But we need to survive. And there are remedies to do that. Now, I've been participating in um, a community-based activity where we're trying to to be grateful for the things that we have. And I certainly have a ton to be grateful for because... Wait for it! My daughter was born... I guess I was a little early. My daughter was born a week and a half ago. And so I have two kids now, and I have a ton to be grateful for. Um, and so grateful for that. Yay. But I've been participating in this thing, and it's really interesting that the active shooter happened today because in my active shooter training that I provide people, I use the information from the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and the Journal of Clinical Psychology that says being kind is the number one way to prevent active shooters. Isn't that funny? Doesn't that sound super obvious? But what they're talking about is being kind to individuals who seemingly don't deserve it. And being grateful is like that too. Now, the reason why we talk about that in active shooters is because there's this idea that you can just make problems go away by firing people or removing yourself. But often we find that problems boomerang, right? If you don't take care of you, if you don't help out, then it becomes, uh, it comes back and it's much worse. So I like to, to believe in the thought that there's no such thing as not my problem. If you find a problem, you should address it. And I think that's a pretty good emergency management thought process there. Um, but being kind helps, helps those people out. Maybe somebody's having a really hard, you know, time and they don't, 
they're not sharing why. So kindness is important, but so is gratitude. There's this idea that, you know, if you're grateful, you're, you're neglecting all the other things that are happening in the world. You know, you, you don't recognize the active shooter that just happened in the, the Sacramento mall, Arden mall, or you don't recognize that, um, one of the enemies of the United States, um, the head of the nuclear, their secret, secret nuclear program, um, he was just assassinated by somebody. And uh, there's conflict in the world. There's, there's major problems. No, we're not saying that. What I'm saying is gratitude from an, uh, from an intellectual perspective, it helps you. The research shows that it's easier to overcome problems. Because you have greater situational awareness. You're able to see the good and the bad and recognize the good. And that helps you sleep better. Research shows gratitude helps you sleep better. And collaboration and being kind changes your physical appearance, literally. I mean, not just smiling, but overall, your overall health improves. So you sleep better. Your overall health improves. You're more enjoyable to be around. And quite frankly, you're happier. Gratitude leads to happiness. So in the year 2020, uh, one of my last lessons learned from, from this is, you know, be grateful for our pilgrim ancestors. Be grateful to know that when they faced the most dire situation, when their backs were against a sea of wall, wall, wall of sea, sea wall, there we go, I don't know. When they were backed up against all odds of death, disease, starvation, you know, the slow death, that's, that's a terrible death. Uh, they said, hey, let's come together. Let's figure this out. And they survived. And now, 400 years later, we have this country that we can be really proud of. Um, I find it fascinating. This is my last lesson learned. And um, I'm going to tiptoe that political... Um, political side here real quick. This week, we had a Supreme Court ruling five to four in New York, in New England. Fascinating. If you're following that at all, it was religious groups going up and saying they felt marginalized, discriminated against for the pandemic response. This is my feeling on it, okay? This is uh, purely John Scardina's take, but uh, I hope that I've established myself as a credible emergency manager and someone who likes to do research and understands context. But this is my opinion and my opinion alone, okay? As emergency managers, we have, with our political counterparts, pretty much failed epically this year. Okay. Um, I have been, you know, my version of yelling on this podcast for how many months now that we are screwing up messaging. Mandates do not, especially mandates that are not even enforceable. I mean, it's just a lack. Of, that's just ridiculous. Like these mandates are coming out. Um, these, these mandates are hurting people 
and our messaging has has not encouraged people to do the right thing. Doing the right thing means wear a mask. Doing the right thing means wash your hands and staying at least six feet apart and um, not encouraging social gatherings. Yes, even Thanksgiving family. Okay, I actually agree with a lot of the stuff that they're saying from a science standpoint. Okay, from a science standpoint, what I am definitely not okay with is mandates that one don't mean anything and to clearly target certain groups. Um, I agreed with the Supreme Court ruling. Every day I come to work, I have a really small office. Uh, it's basically just me uh, most of the time if I come into the office because everybody works from home. Uh, or, you know, we don't have to worry about that too much. But I see department stores packed absolutely packed i see you know those home improvement stores every single car in the lot you know it's, it's completely full right um and so i i have found it fascinating that religious organizations that typically see much fewer people uh there's like this hey let's let's um they can't meet but Everybody can go to your local department store and, and grab, you know, some, some, some crafts to make. Uh, that's not, that's not great pandemic response, and it's not great pandemic messaging. When you're targeting groups, you have to come together as a community and say, "We're all in this. We're all going to sacrifice together, or not." And if you say not then you're not surviving. There's a reason why hundreds of thousands of people are dead now. And there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people more that die. That is really depressing on the week of Thanksgiving. But I'm trying to call it out. We are, we are on our Mayflower boat. We have landed in a place that we didn't want to be at. Economically speaking, emotionally, politically, the whole deal. It's all over the spectrum. And Cultures are clashing. The worst thing we can do right now is to target certain groups, especially religious groups, and say, hey, like, we're just going to push you to the side. The messaging needs to change. One really great thing we would do is when we go out to large-scale disasters is we would work with these groups. We'd work with faith-based groups. We'd work with nonprofits we'd work with gangs we would work with gangs leaders of gangs and say hey if you want to stay in these shelters you need to make sure that x y and z are followed and if the leader of the gang uh would agree to it we would have rival gangs stay in these shelters with no incidents it's the idea of survival ab above everything else and to marginalize religious faith groups is just, is bizarre. And um, the, the governor of New York, um, you know, pushing aside a Supreme Court ruling, that's, 
that's not helping out either. Now, again, that's really political. That's the most political I'll probably ever get. Um, but my message should be clear here. If you're the William Bradfords, if you're on the political side, William Bradford, by the way, speaking of that 1820 or geez, 1620 group, um, that 1620 group, he was reelected as governor 30 times unanimously. Very popular dude. Very well articulate. Very intelligent. Religious man. We cannot go forward and forget the people who landed here and the people who were here before that. We can't forget that they had to work with different cultures and different belief systems in order to survive. And this message of thanksgiving, this message of coming together, this message of recognizing that things might be dire, but we should still be be grateful, will be good for your health as an emergency manager. It'll help you sleep better. But all these microtransactions of gratitude can add up to a whole lot of good, can be be impactful on a macro scale. And so President, Bi- uh, sorry, uh, President-elect Joe Biden's speech. Now, I'm not going to get into how I feel about him politically or any other political leader. But that speech of saying he was an American president, that even though he was a Democrat, he was going to be a president for all people, time will tell if he'll do that or not. But that message, you can't knock that message I agree with that message. I also agree that we need to protect people and that we need to help people out in the pandemic. And we also need to protect their, their religious and personal freedom. And what I would suggest is that we get away from mandates. Um, it's kind of too late for that, to be honest. But um, we start working with people instead of telling people what to do. We start asking people, how can I work with you? What can I do? And um, that has served me well in both my career and my personal life, is not trying to find what makes me different from other people, but to try to find how I can work with other people to, to get a positive outcome. So last lesson, find ways to get the positive outcome. Just like what Patrick McGinn said on last, last week, how can I work with you? So that's your last lesson learned. I hopefully, I hope that you you enjoyed this episode. It was a little different than what we've done in the past, but it's using the pilgrims as our foundation to learn a lot of lessons about unity, of working together, collaborating. Um, you know, to to enter in, into a new phase. We're coming up at the end of 2020. Vaccines. Um, I've been hopefully. Uh, green-lighted here in the next uh, couple weeks. We'll be green-lighted in the next couple weeks. And um, we can have discussions about how that should roll into the communities. I have lots of thoughts on that. But if you like this episode, as always, please give us that five-star rating. Please subscribe. Please follow us on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. Instagram. Uh, We like to post stuff on there. We're going to do it more and more. And so we want... To, to you to be on there with us. So go to Disaster Tough Podcast on Instagram. And as always, 
And as always, if you liked what we had to say and you want to work with us on a professional level, you have questions for us, please send us an email at info at DobermanEMG.com. Again, that's info at DobermanEMG.com. Thank you.